0: Visit RobertHalf today. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking twelve months. Five your sentence. You're free. action-packed show for you guys. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. I'm a bit biased with this episode because this hits home for me, and I'm not afraid to show it. Steeler Nation stand up. Of course, you know, we have a lot of Pittsburgh Steeler fans following the show, listening, watching us. This is the show for you. And of course, if you're just a big-time football fan, this guest was one of the best to do it during his time, a Super Bowl champion, Most importantly, my former teammate, eight-time All-Pro, also, he has that gold jacket. He's a football Hall of Famer, and as I mentioned, my former teammate, Alan Fanica, is joining us here, All Things Covered, Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden, he's joining us as part of the Steps Toward Zero movement, which is created to educate, inspire, and help the epilepsy community reimagine their goals. And with the help of their doctors, strive for zero seizures. And we'll tap into all of that in just a moment. But Big Red, man, thank you for joining me. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. Good to be here.
0: Uh, no question. Of course, there's so much we can talk about in regards to who you are off, on and off the football field. But let's start, you know, back to the beginning, your days in Baton Rouge. You're an LSU legend. I normally host this podcast, like I said, with my cousin who went to LSU as well, Patrick Peterson. He's also an LSU legend. Uh, it's hard to create an LSU Mount Rushmore, but I'm asking you this because you're personally invested into that program. If you had to put together an LSU Mount Rushmore, and let's, let's go ahead and simplify it a little bit. Let's just tap in just with football, right? Just football, Mount Rushmore football players from LSU, who would be on your list?
1: Man, that's a hard one, man. Um, you know, I think you got to go back to the guy that started it all. Billy Cannon is definitely on there, man, uh, uh, starting it way back in the 50s. Uh, he's definitely uh, the GOAT, uh, the, the original GOAT at LSU. Uh, and I think another guy uh, that's definitely up there is Kevin Falk, just went into the College Football Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, you know, really helped bring back uh, my era. Uh, But it really kind of started when Kevin committed to LSU to kind of where LSU is today was all built off of that. And Kevin's move to stay at LSU uh, on top of how he was as a player. Um, You know, from there, man, I think it gets a little tricky uh, for me. Um, You know, uh, there's so many guys, so many guys. Um, You got room for two more. I got room for two more, man. Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm not putting myself up there. That's for sure um you know pat P's more, more than likely gonna be up there um man we got so many guys doing that thing in the nfl right now too that we could change this all over within a couple years and throw some of them up there like justin jefferson and yeah Joe so Bill. many guys so man i, I think I'm, I'm gonna save one of them spots for one of these guys out there playing ball right now
0: okay that's fair that's fair and during your time at lsu of course you were a dominating force for the team you only allowed one sack in 36 ball games. Do you remember that play that you gave up a sack? You fell short of your expectations. You gave him a sack. And who was that sack given to?
1: I call BS man. I don't think I gave up any sacks. I don't know what one sack <laughs> they're talking about out there. <laughs> uh, no. I saw that stat, man. I don't I don't know who keeps stats, man. I have no idea or any recollection of it. Um uh, but that is pretty funny that it was only one, if, it, if that's true or not. But, uh, yeah. you know, that's They my have, they
0: have yeah. it down, you know, in the, in the stat, stat sheet as you gave up one. That's what they said.
1: Well, I got to see the video evidence first. So until they show me that, I got none.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. When you look at your time at LSU, how productive and dominant you were, you got an opportunity to go to the National Football League. You grew up in Louisiana and a little bit in Texas. What was your perception of Pittsburgh, the city? When the Steelers and the organization drafted you, what was your perception of just everything Pittsburgh, knowing that you would be a Pittsburgh Steeler?
1: Man, I didn't really know anything. I You know, after, you know, the initial excitement, you know, you get drafted and you're all pumped and excited. And I like turn to somebody. I'm like, what's Pittsburgh like? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't know anything about it, man. All you knew was the style of football they played. Uh, you know, they always seem to get televised in in the winter months with the the snow in the background. and uh, Uh, I remember uh, Justin Strelzik, who was one of my first teammates with the big beard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was my really what I knew of Pittsburgh. Uh, But, you know, once you get up there, man, just like, you know, uh, they're so passionate, man. It's just like a college environment there uh, as far as, uh, you know, how passionate they are, how much they love the game and how much they're into it. I mean, it's just like you're in Baton Rouge, right? Everything in Baton Rouge is all around LSU. It's the same thing right there. And it's not like that in every NFL city. It's pretty special to that.
0: You got to the Pittsburgh Steelers the year after Jerome Bettis led the league with 375 carries for almost 1,700 yards. What was the best part about blocking for the bust? Oh, man. Just,
1: uh, you know, he he was like an extra lineman to, to us. You know, we always talked about it. You know, we, we can't block everybody. And mm-hmm. Jerome's going to run over that next guy. And as an offensive lineman, you just love that, right? He wasn't back there dancing. He, you know, he hit that one two step, and then he was going downhill, and he was going to run somebody over, and it just you know, kind of, you know, got you going inside. You know, that was kind of who we were: were ground and pound, um, you know. But for me, spending so much time with Jerome, man, I, I could, I knew where he was putting the ball. You know, he was pretty precise. He was smart. He would read the play, read mm-hmm. the defense, and you know, sometimes he would know where the the, the ball is supposed to go but you know what I'm going over here because they're overplaying it and spending so much time with the man I just got to know and feel that vibe and I could always cheat my blocks a little bit because I'm like "Ah, now Jerome's coming right back here right back to me so I'm gonna help my buddy out a little bit longer I'm gonna let that linebacker overplay and I'm not even gonna block him because he's gonna block himself so those are some of the things I think back on when uh, playing with Jerome and that kind of symbiosis that
0: we had with uh, him as an offensive line and what we were able to do. Yeah, the continuity you guys had on the line, just in the offense in totality was well documented. And talking about another offensive performer you played against, like I said, we were teammates. Not only were we teammates, but we also won a championship together. And one story play I would like to hit on with you, special play in regards to the design and execution was Willie Parker's 75-yard touchdown run in Super Bowl 40. Break down that play for us and what was going through your mind when you just kind of, Did what you did to allow Willie Parker to go go on for 75 yards to the house. Counter 34, Pike. Um, You know. Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So this is what we're going to do. Coach Allen right now. You say counter 34, Pike? Yes, sir. Break that down for us, for all of us who were not in that huddle, right? Uh There's only 11 guys in the huddle. What was your responsibility? Break down the play for us. We need to learn right now. Educate all of us. Right, Counter 34, Pike.
1: So first off, we weren't in the huddle. We checked to that play. We had about six plays, uh, and that was a check on all of them was to check to that when the linebackers slid over. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew if we got Randall L the ball in the slot on the left, just enough to kind of hack them off and just annoy them to force the force them to slide their linebackers over. We were coming back 34 pike. It was a check, check at the uh at the line of scrimmage. Okay. Um, so my responsibility is to is to kick out the safety the front side uh garden tackles job is the double team and because the linebackers slid over they gained leverage to get that that linebacker that would have been in the hole and so we get up to the line of scrimmage i get my stance and the coaches were like they're gonna do it they're gonna do it they prepped us at halftime so we come out there and all of a sudden they slide over i'm i'm in my stance you know super bowl moment you know the crowd everything and i'm like holy shit, here we go i mean we're rolling Ben Ben makes the check, man, and the rest is history. Uh, you know, it was just perfect, uh, perfect scenario of everything.
0: Mm. So basically, Seattle sliding to a particular side made that 75-yard run become a reality. They
1: brought their linebackers there. They kept in the box, and they slid them over because they were tired of Randall L catching these little five-yard dink and dunk passes. Yeah, so they I were see. trying to slide the linebacker over to take that away. So they took away the five-yard pass, and we took it to the house
0: out the backside. So basically, that call was a check. It wasn't the initial call. It was Big Ben checking to 34 counter that yep. basically because they were trying to play Randall well, to say the yep. least.
1: Exactly. Wow. exactly.
0: I didn't know that. One yeah. of the best Super Bowl plays ever was a check call. Yeah. You learn something every day. Appreciate that for that insight, Alan. Yeah. You're considered by many to be the greatest pulling guard of all time right? Break down what it means to be a, to be great at pulling and why were you so successful at it?
1: Um, I think one is anticipation, man. You got to get out of your stance. My first O-line coach, uh, with the Steelers, Kent Stevenson was, was very big on that and was always, you know, talked a lot about how it's, it's like a 40 yard dash, just a sprint. How fast can you get to that motion where you can start pumping your arms? Um, and you got to anticipate it to get off the snap, and I think that. And the next thing is, I was never a running back in pee wee league or anything, but you got to almost pretend like you have the ball. You got to make decisions like the ball is in your hand because the ball is following you, and you know you just got to roll downhill. Um mm-hmm. It's uh it's a no nonsense. It's split. I mean, split second decisions. I mean, by the time you're your second, your third step at the at the last is in the ground you have to know where you're going because you got no more decisions after that. You got no more time. Other than that, you're not going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's really quick thinking and and just getting there as fast as you can. And that sounds simple, but it's uh, it is an art form.
0: Real quick for us, when, you, when in regards to, to Steeler history and prestige, real quick, if you can break down, give us a all time Steelers offensive line, who would be on that line? And don't be modest. Do not be modest. <laughs> big Red, I know you would be on that all time list. So don't do don't you can't do that to us. So break down, give us an all time Steelers offensive line. All Center, right, right. two guards, two tackles.
1: Um, you know, and, and this is a big debate amongst Steeler Nation. It's a really good one to have, man. But you got two of the best centers of all time that have ever played the game, and Mike Webster and Damani Dawson. No question. I'm a li- I'm a little partial because I played with Demani, and I still don't understand how he did some of the things he was able to do. So uh I think I gotta put dermani in there. Uh mm-hmm. I'll line up next to him at left guard. We'll put Webby in at right guard. Okay. Because we gotta get we gotta get him on the that's field. fair.
0: That's fair. I um, love it. Um,
1: you know, at tackle, um so many tackles come through, man. I think uh um you know, Marvell Smith, who played next to me, yeah, uh is it, got to be on that list as well, man. He uh, he's so underappreciated for what he did. Uh, at the right side and then came over to the left side and and smashed it out just as good. Um, So he's on there. And uh, man, your other tackle. um, Man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's a toss up on the other tackle.
0: It could be a toss up, too. And that's where we need our fans to chime in and let us know who's deserving. Of making the final tackle. Hit us up in that comment section. And of course, you know, I love to respond and chime in, go back and forth with you guys. Before we let you go, it's something you mentioned in your Hall of Fame speech, Alan, about how remarkable it is to you that you were able to have this career after the health scares that a lot of people didn't know you were going through. Uh, you know, starting your experiences as a teenager with seizures. You know, how important was it for you to make it known during your Hall of Fame speech about some of the things you were dealing with as a player?
1: You know, it it was big for me. You know, here I am on this stage up here, you know, uh, in front of the world. And and I'm accepting this uh, humongous honor uh, and to be able to use that that platform and stage to, um, you know, announce to the world for the people that didn't know what I have, that I have epilepsy and and that I'm able to be up here and uh, try and empower other kids and adults uh, with epilepsy that, uh, you know, you can keep on striving and fighting for for what, uh, what you can do and achieve, you know, it's that uh, we're coming up on Christmas and, uh, I had my first seizure, uh, Christmas Eve in, uh, 1991, my freshman year of high school, uh, mm-hmm. like 31 years ago, I was just looking at, um, but, uh, you know, I, I partnered up here with, uh, SK Life Science to, uh, kind of help, uh, educate and inspire the epilepsy community and really try and get them to, to activate and find out, what uh what their steps towards zero uh can be zero seizures that is um you know we can't all have zero seizures but we can always um uh, re our our game plan with our doctors and, and try and find new ways and new paths uh so many times people with epilepsy you know might not have revisited uh their 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 health health plan with their doctors for years uh you don't know what things have changed within you or within medicine uh, and just always encouraging that you know things can be better and or or just better than they are now you can always keep striving to get better and get closer to zero seizures
0: what can we all do for people that may not be as familiar with this situation or condition what can we do to educate ourselves in regards to being more aware when it comes to epilepsy
1: sure you, you can go to steps toward zero.com sk life sciences has set that up um, you can go in there and learn and and, uh, and and figure out. So the chances are that you know somebody with epilepsy uh, is high. Um, mm. uh, we, we are around you, as I like to tell people. Uh, you just might not know it. Uh, some people uh, are scared to share because of the stigma. Uh, Hollywood does a great job of, of selling movies and scaring people with the worst case scenario. But it's not always like that. And even if it is, it doesn't matter. There's still regular people. They're still working next to you or in school or or some kid that's just trying to make it through high school and be as normal as he can be. Uh, And the more you know about it, the less scared you are about it and the less the stigma goes away. And that's really the important thing for people who don't have epilepsy is just to kind of learn a little bit more
0: so you're more prepared. Well, well said. Well said, my friend, man. Thank you for joining me here. Super Bowl champion, eight-time All-Pro Pro Football Hall of Famer, LSU great former teammate of mine, Alan Fanaga, joining us here, All Things Covered as part part of the Steps Toward Zero Movement, which is created to educate us all and inspire and help the epilepsy community. Great candid conversation. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen or talked to you in a while, so I was excited about this opportunity for all our Steeler fans. You know, we had some nice Steeler talk involved. If you want to help us in regards to who you think is deserving of being on that top five all time Steeler offensive line list. Let us know. And do you consider Alan Federer going to be the greatest pulling guard ever? Yes, we do. He's a Steeler. What else do you expect? We don't count the Jets here. Even though the Jets played you well, they gave you a lot of money, but we don't count the Jets here. You're a Steeler in our heart. Thank you, Alan, for joining me.
1: Appreciate it, B Mac.